Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today, our church around the world celebrates the great feast of the Holy Family. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, the Holy Family, are great models for us to help our families grow in holiness ourselves. Now, if you look at the readings for this weekend, they speak about biblical family values. Now, what's interesting is these values may not be the values that immediately spring to our minds. Now, we are sentimental when it comes to our families, and rightfully so. Especially now, at Christmas, many of us had the opportunity to gather with our families. And yet, there is something very blunt and even demanding when it comes to biblical family values. Take a look at the first reading from the first book of Samuel. Now, if you ever want to begin to read the Bible, I would strongly suggest begin here. The first book of Samuel. It's a great story. It's rich in characters and it's full of adventure. And so we are at the start of the book of Samuel. And the main character is Samuel's mother, Hannah. And in this first chapter, we are told Hannah went to the temple every year to pray, begging God for a child because she could not conceive. Now, this was a great source of anxiety. In the biblical times, even more so, there was something ever so devastating about this. Well, we have to realize in the ancient world, in Israel, a woman's whole identity was wrapped around being a mother and bearing children. And so, Hannah has been begging God for a child for a very long time. Well, here's the first great spiritual lesson we can take from this. In the midst of our weakness, is God's point of entry into our situation. Now, many of us have experienced something similar to Hannah's situation. We've gone to a sacred place, maybe church or a chapel, and we begged God for something. We say to God, you know, why is this happening to me? Or please take this pain away from me. Or please heal my son. Please heal my daughter. We feel desperate even frustrated. It's during these times in which we consider suffering that God sees it as a point of entry into our life to help us and heal us. And that's exactly what we're going to see in this first reading with Hannah. In this scene from 1 Samuel, Hannah is praying, and so passionately that the priest, Eli, who is the chief priest of the temple, He comes in and he assumes Hannah is drunk. Now, you can imagine an even worse situation for poor Hannah. Here, she's in the temple, praying desperately for a child. The priest comes in and assumes she's drunk. Worse yet, he publicly scolds her. And yet, despite all this, she continues to pray. 
Now, this is a testament to her strength and her faith. She says, Please, Lord, give me a child, a male child, and I will give that child back to you as a Nazarite. And so, what is a Nazarite? Well, we would refer to it in our day and age as a monk, a person that devotes their whole life to prayer. And so, the Lord answered Hannah's prayer, and Hannah gave birth to a son, and she named him Samuel. Now, when the child was still young, Hannah brought Samuel to the temple, and she gave Samuel to Eli, for Eli and the priests of the temple to raise Samuel. Now, we know Samuel later on grew up and became one of the most powerful and important prophets in all of Israelite history. We can only imagine how difficult this must have been for Hannah. For years, she begged God, and her prayers are finally answered. And now she gives this child back to God with all the emotional overtones associated with it. Here lies another great spiritual lesson for us all. It's the law of the gift. Your faith will increase by the very measure in which you share it with others, by the very measure you give back to God what God has given to you. See, when that happens, your faith will be lifted up. Now, this is precisely contrary to many of people's expectations about happiness. So many people believe happiness comes with filling up yourself with things, filling up the ego, whether it's money or materialism, whether it's power, honor, fame, fortune. You know, people think, you know, I'm lacking in money. So if I just make more money, I'm going to be happy. Or maybe materialism. If I just buy another car, then I'll be satisfied. I'll be happy. Or notoriety. If people notice me in all the good things that I do, then I'm going to be happy. Well, the spiritual lesson for us all, your soul will magnify the Lord precisely when you give back to God what God has given to you. And see, that's exactly the values that Hannah is trying to teach us. Now, with that in mind, turn to the gospel and we find the classic story of finding Jesus in the temple. Here the story begins with Jesus, Joseph, and Mary. They just finished the Passover celebration, and now they're traveling back home to Nazareth in a caravan, probably with friends and neighbors. Suddenly, they find out that Jesus is not with them. How they must have agonized over this, just like any other parent would. One of the worst fears that a parent has is a lost child. Now you say to yourself, well, how could this happen? Jesus was this incredibly special child. You'd think they would keep their eye on him at all times. Well, we have to understand how Jewish males are brought up in the ancient world. From the time of their birth to around puberty, the child is raised primarily by the mother. She teaches him manners and hygiene and faith and how to practice the faith. Around puberty, the child, we could say, is handed off now to the father. The son now is primarily raised by his father. The father teaches the son his trade, whatever it may be. For Joseph, it was carpentry. But also, the father teaches the son how to carry himself as a man. 
Well, right now in the story, Jesus is at that age, that period of transition from mother to father. So now we begin to understand how Jesus could become lost. Mary thought, okay, Joseph has now taken him under his wing. And Joseph, he probably thinks, well, Mary is still caring for the child. Well, finally, they find out he's lost. And so Mary and Joseph, they search for three days and three nights. And we can only imagine how emotionally wrought they were. For three days and three nights, they probably thought nothing but the worst things that could happen to Jesus. When they finally found him, Mary and Joseph must have been at the end of their emotional ropes. And so they spent three days and three nights imagining the worst possible scenarios. Now, when they find Jesus in the temple, it's interesting. Mary, it appears, upbraids Jesus. She says, Son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. Jesus said to them, Why are you looking for me? Did you not know I must be in my father's house? Well, when we first hear this response by Jesus, it appears somewhat cold as if Jesus doesn't appreciate how emotionally upset Joseph and Mary are. It appears that way, but that's not true. Instead, Jesus is trying to teach us biblical family values. First, the sentiment and the feelings of Hannah, as well as Joseph and Mary, can't be the determining element in the lives of their children. The Bible tells us the purpose of a family is to be the forum in which all members discern and find their vocation. The family is a place where powerful emotions are expressed. Yeah, exactly. It's a place where personal bonds are formed. Absolutely. However, neither those emotions or those bonds are absolute. In fact, both must give way to each family member's vocation. Go back to the two stories. Both boys, Samuel and Jesus, they belong to God. And at the end of the story, their mothers, in the end, they let them children go. Go to serve God. And see, parents have the good grace to help all members in the family find each individual vocation in order to serve God. And see, it's easy to see what might go wrong in families when something takes the place of God as the center of the family's life. The Bible tells us the family is the ultimate forum for cultivating all vocations and also nurturing them too. Give me some easy examples. The husband. His vocation is to be both father of the children but also husband to his wife. The wife, her vocation is to be mother to the children, but also a wife to her husband. The kids, they discover their vocation as they grow up. Now, it's interesting. All belong to God. And at the same time, all serve God in their own way. Once each family member knows God's will, there is that great and graceful act of letting go. You see that with Hannah, as well as with Mary and Joseph. They let their children go to serve God. 
Samuel and Jesus, they served God the Father, and they did it their own way. And see, these are the biblical family values that we celebrate today in our church and in our own families. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.